2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: A family of four is terrorized in their suburban home.
4: They got ready to go to work and they were accosted as they left.
5: One of the pistol hit me at the right side.
4: I fell to the ground right away.
3: Only three make it out alive.
4: Lying prone on the ground, no danger to anyone. He was then beaten and killed. It's a brutal murder
3: that leaves investigators wondering, is this a robbery gone wrong or something else entirely?
6: That was something that perplexed us. Were they going to kill everyone in the home? And leave no witnesses to tell.
3: And at the heart of the crime, a sinister betrayal.
4: He knew the dangerousness of this situation, and he did nothing to stop it.
3: How well do you know your neighbors? What lies behind the white picket fences? Located 25 miles northwest of Philadelphia, North Wales, Pennsylvania is the perfect place to live for folks who crave the culture of a big city, but who still want to enjoy all the delights of small-town life.
7: North Wales is a wonderful place to uh, raise a family, uh, to live, to work. Uh, It's a very close-knit community where people watch out for their neighbors and care about their neighbors.
3: And it's in one of these neighborhoods that first-generation American Richard Che calls home along with his younger sister, Mina, and parents, Robert and Janice Che.
5: Growing up in North Wales is just like any other suburban area, uh, quiet, you know, not worrying about any kind of uh, dangers outside.
3: But I would say I had a pretty normal life. But this life in North Wales was a world away from his father's upbringing, in a poor remote village in his native country, Korea.
5: My father would talk to me about his childhood. He told me it was very difficult. He, he didn't have electricity at night. He had to actually go out and cut wood for winter just to keep warm.
3: Richard's father, Robert, or as he was known back then, Jumshik Che, dreamed of a better life.
5: He wanted to study and move out of the village and to actually make make money.
3: So Jumshik enlists in the service as a way to leave his small village.
5: And then when his service time was up, I think he moved
3: to the US. Like millions of immigrants before him, Jumshik Che was chasing the American dream.
5: When he moved to America at the time, I don't think he spoke any English at all. But he also told me that he came to America with like a couple hundred dollars, which is very brave, I would say.
3: Once on US soil, Jumshik fell in love with his soon-to-be wife, a nice Korean woman named Janice and officially changed his name to something a little more American.
5: When he became naturalized, he chose the name
3: Robert. Life for Robert Che in the United States is a good one. He and Janice start a family and open up a mom and pop beauty supply store in nearby Philadelphia.
5: He decided uh, a beauty supply would was very, very good because he thought it was uh, something that women need every day. I don't think they had many beauty supply shops back then
3: the business flourishes. And Robert and Janice Che buy a big house in the suburbs, a home where they raise their two children. And it's in this home, during the early morning hours of January 9th, 2009, that the Che family's American dream turns into a nightmare.
5: I was sleeping in my bed, and somehow I just I awoke. They, they were in my room, and they, they had the flashlights pointed at me.
3: Flashlights and guns.
5: They kept saying, get up, get out of bed, get up. And I had my glasses on, everything was blurry. My vision is very poor. I couldn't make out who they were. I just saw how big they
3: were. The men force him to his feet.
5: One of them pistol with me on the right side. I fell to the ground right away. After that, all I could feel was like a, a, a ring in my ear, and, and I was even more dazed. They told me to go downstairs to the basement. I was really scared, frightened of what what could happen next.
3: Frightened, his family might not make it out alive. Officer Joseph McGoygan of the Montgomery Township Police has worked in law enforcement for over 12 years. He began his career as an officer for Philadelphia's Transit Police Department, a sometimes dangerous assignment.
8: Down the city, you have risk everywhere. Robberies, rapes, assaults,
3: shootings, suicide, people jumping in front of trains. It's this risk that caused his wife many sleepless nights.
8: The reason I applied at Montgomery Township Police Department, basically my wife felt it would be safer
3: than working in the city. And it doesn't get much quieter than North Wales and surrounding Montgomery Township. Still, even the burbs aren't immune to some big city crime.
8: Anywhere your police officer it's dangerous. Crimes everywhere. Um, Violent, non-violent, it's there.
3: And that's all too evident during the early morning hours of January 9th.
8: I received a call from dispatch. It came in as a uh, burglary in progress.
3: According to the 911 caller, Janice Che. Her family is being terrorized in their home by multiple assailants. Fortunately, she is able to escape to a neighbor's home to call for help.
8: When I arrived on scene, started to come up onto the property towards the house, at which time Mrs. Che was coming from the uh, house over here. Pretty much, almost hysterical. She had duct tape in her hair. She just kept yelling, "You know, my husband, my husband."
3: She's desperate for police to save her family.
8: Went up to the house to gain access, thinking the front door would be open. It wasn't. It was locked. Mrs. Che just kept yelling, break it down, break it down.
3: McGoygan kicks in the door. Inside, the home looks eerily normal.
8: As I entered the house, uh, I proceed to start upstairs.
3: Within a few steps, he catches sight of the Che's adult children, Richard and Mina.
8: I didn't get all the way upstairs. I got about halfway when I heard Ms. Che's daughter come around the corner yelling at me. She was kind of frantic.
3: Richard and Mina Che tell McGoygan the attackers are gone and lead the officer towards the garage where their father is. As I was
8: coming down the hallway towards the laundry room area, appeared to be blood smeared across
3: the wall. But even the blood doesn't prepare McGoygan for what he sees next.
8: Mr. Chase was in the garage uh, with his arms behind him, and his feet were bound also. His entire head was duct taped. Pretty much the only thing you could see was just the top of his hair laying in a pool of blood.
3: McGoygan checks for vital signs.
8: I was unable to find a pulse. His body was just lifeless.
3: 58-year-old Robert Che is dead, and he didn't go down quietly.
8: Looked around, noticed a knife that was covered in blood. With the amount of blood, I thought that he was possibly stabbed in the face with the knife.
3: It's a chilling scenario. A man dead, his family terrorized, and the assailants on the loose. For McGoygan, even during his six years on the beat in Philly, this scene is one of the worst.
8: I've seen some other gruesome stuff in the city. But, you know, that that was up there.
3: It's now up to police to figure out what happened on Gwenmont Drive. And the sleepy suburb of North Wales is about to get a terrifying wake-up call. Life in the suburbs is synonymous with days spent at shopping malls, houses on cul-de-sacs, and soccer moms taking their kids to school. But for North Wales Mayor Doug Ross, his town is so much more than that.
7: What makes North Wales special are the people in the area. They're very friendly and uh, always willing to help if you
3: you ask. Which is why, when Mayor Ross learns of the murder of 58-year-old Robert Chey, He's stunned this type of violence could happen in his backyard.
7: I had asked our police department to keep me posted with with what goes on and what they learn. It was important to me, as part of my mayoral duties, to be able to comfort people and, and speak to them. And comfort is something the folks in the
3: North Wales area sure could use.
7: People were all concerned, could this happen here? Why did this happen to them? Could this happen in my neighborhood?
3: It's a question not only residents are grappling with, but one investigators assigned to solve the case will have to answer. Homicide detective Michael Santarelli has an eye for photography, and he honed his craft on the job.
6: Prior to coming to the homicide unit, I was employed by another police department, and as part of my duties, I took many crime scene photographs.
3: It's not the prettiest of subject matter. Thankfully, now Detective Santorelli uses his camera for something a little less disturbing.
6: Doing photography outside of work is a tremendous stress reliever. It's quiet and it's peaceful and it takes me away from the images of the brutality of a crime scene.
3: But when Santarelli learns he's working the murder in North Wales, he's once again faced with those horrific images. But this time... It won't be through the camera lens.
6: When I arrived at the crime scene, the Montgomery Township Police had already set up and secured the outside of the premises.
3: Santarelli's first order of business reconstruct what happened within these walls. And he starts by talking to the surviving victims.
6: Understandably, they were hysterical because of the intrusion in the home. They had been duct-taped, and it was just an incredible scene.
5: We were all, like, crazy to the point where it was just very hard to talk, uh, you know, to get words out. They were asking us simple questions of what's going on and how many people were there. It was very hard to explain things because what just happened.
3: Between Janice, Richard, and Mina Che, Santarelli is able to piece together the horrifying details.
6: Mrs. Che told investigators, that she and her husband had gotten up that morning to go to their beauty supply store in Philadelphia. Mr. Che had exited the garage to warm his car up. Mrs. Che was still in the garage putting her shoes on. And as she was putting her shoes on, three men and her husband came into the garage.
3: That's when the nightmare began.
6: There was an altercation in the garage with Mr. Che and these three men. Mr. Che is duct taped and beaten.
3: After the initial attack, two of the men turned their attention towards Mrs. Che.
6: Mrs. Che was taken from the garage area to the second floor master bedroom and ordered to produce money and other valuable items.
3: Fearing for her life, Janice Che did as the gunman ordered.
6: Reluctantly, she told them where the safe was.
3: While Janice is forced to open the safe, both Richard and Mina are still sleeping, unaware anything was wrong.
6: As they were passing Mina's bedroom, she heard the scuffle and came out of her room and was immediately confronted by one of the gunmen. And she was taken downstairs and duct taped in the basement.
3: They went for Richard next.
5: I remember the the guys that took me to the basement tied me up there. I saw my sister and my mother. I didn't see my father. Where's my father?
3: Janice, Richard, and Mina are held in the basement while their father, Robert, is bound in the garage. Downstairs, one of the gunmen stands guard, but then briefly leaves. The
5: minute that my sister saw an opportunity that all the guys were not in the basement, she signaled my mother telling her that there was nobody there. And that's when my mother left in the basement back door.
3: Janice Jay is able to escape to a neighbor's house to call for help.
5: After they found out that my mom was gone, they just, they all left at once.
3: At that point, Richard springs into action.
5: I ripped the duct tape off of me, and I, I freed my feet, and I untied my sister, lock the door, make sure they can't get in.
3: The Chays tell investigators they got a good look at two of the three attackers.
6: Janice and Mina were able to give us very good descriptions of two of the men. They described the intruders as black males wearing hooded sweatshirts, one heavy set, one thin with a beard.
3: It's a huge break. Police now have an idea of what the killers look like. With the help of a sketch artist, two composite drawings are created.
6: We publish these composite drawings to the public through the media with the hopes that someone would come forward with information that would assist us in arresting these individuals.
3: Still, investigators can't hold their breath. They've got to figure out what happened on
6: their own. When we began this investigation, the only motive that we had to go on was robbery.
3: Everything at the scene seems to point to that theory.
6: There was cash taken from the home, from the safe, jewelry, designer pocketbooks.
3: But it's not just a few valuables and a couple hundred dollars stolen from the home. The Che family had over $15,000 in their safe. Question is, did the perps get lucky or did they know the cash would be there?
6: We believed that the Che's were targeted. It appeared to us that the men knew there would be money. If
3: the family was in fact targeted, the perpetrators would have most likely scouted out the house beforehand. Perhaps someone in the neighborhood saw something, anything.
6: We questioned neighbors for many reasons, observations of cars that may have been in the area. Did they see someone walking in a neighborhood that did not typically belong there?
3: And it's not long before they catch a break.
6: We spoke with numerous people, and one of those individuals drove a recycling truck And he described to us seeing a vehicle in the days prior to the incident occupied by three black males out front of the Che house.
3: As suspected, the perps were most likely casing the Che's home. And police have a hunch why this particular house may have been
6: hit. We thought that the people who committed this crime may have followed the Che's from their store to their home. It's a thought Richard Che shares.
5: The only thing I was thinking was, uh, maybe, is it tied to work? Is it, is it tied to,
6: you know, Penn
5: Center Beauty Supply?
3: Within hours of the attack, police head to the store looking for clues.
6: We retrieved surveillance video from the Chase store and viewed several days of activity in the store to see if there was anything, any activity that would be important to us in the investigation.
3: And soon investigators spot something suspicious.
6: We saw two men, and they seemed to wander around the inside of the store and not seem to have any purchase in mind. And were similar in description to the composite drawings.
3: It appears these men aren't interested in buying any nail polish.
6: We asked the chase to view the section of the video, and they did not indicate to us that they resembled the people who were in their home.
3: It's a dead end. There appears to be no connection. Perhaps police have it all wrong, and the burglars were just patrolling houses around the area, looking for a potential big score.
6: And I, at that point, did not know what to make of the situation.
3: And this case is about to get even more complicated when Robert Chase's autopsy report comes back.
6: This was a personal attack on Mr. Che, and he was tortured.
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At Nile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door.
2: that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
3: Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are words this country is built on. For many in the world, the freedoms enjoyed by the United States are a doorway to a better life. And it's this American dream which 58-year-old Korean-American Robert Che achieved before he was brutally murdered in his home.
4: This man had worked throughout his life to give advantages to his children and family. To see how his life ended was chilling.
3: And no one gets away with a murder like this in First Assistant District Attorney Kevin Steele's jurisdiction. He's a by-the-books lawman, a lot like his name, Tough as Steel.
4: This was a family that was getting ready to do what they did every day. They got ready to go to work, and they were accosted as they left. They didn't deserve this to happen
3: to them it's a tragic end to a life that gets even more disturbing
4: when robert che's cause of death is determined mr che had died from asphyxia meaning that he had uh, basically drowned in his own blood
3: the blood was a result of an extensive beatdown to his face and head
6: the wounds inflicted on him caused a significant amount of bleeding that clogged his nose and prevented him from breathing because his mouth was covered with the duct tape.
3: Robert Che died of a vicious beating, unable to defend himself. ADA Steele hopes the forensic lab might be able to turn up some evidence that can point
4: them to the killers. After we received the coroner's report, we focused on what evidence would help us to identify who did this.
3: And that evidence is the tape used to bind the Che family.
4: The duct tape was taken to the Pennsylvania State Police Laboratory for analysis. We asked them to try to figure out what pieces could potentially give them DNA.
3: Which may be easier said than done. Almost an entire roll of duct tape was used, and the perps were wearing latex gloves. Finding which sections might contain DNA is
4: a crapshoot. The laboratory took a roll of duct tape and started looking at how that could be ripped. And she came to a conclusion that the tape may have been ripped by putting it to your mouth and ripping down the sides.
6: DNA can be transferred from saliva to objects, especially in this situation, tearing it with the teeth.
3: And their hunch is right.
6: The tape that was found in the basement contained a DNA profile of one of the people who entered the home.
3: But the good news doesn't end there.
6: We found a section of a black latex glove in the garage where Mr. Che was found.
3: This piece of latex glove is also thoroughly checked for DNA.
4: The analysis that was done revealed DNA on the fingertip of the glove.
3: And this sample doesn't belong to the same individual as the DNA on the
6: duct tape. Two distinct separate profiles were developed.
3: Police now have DNA from two of the three perpetrators.
6: As we develop suspects, we can obtain swabs from the persons of interest to compare it to. Still, without any
3: persons of interest, the DNA won't give them much. And investigators still need to answer one fundamental question. Why brutally murder a defenseless man?
6: Typically, in a home invasion robbery, the occupants are duct-taped and things are taken, and there's usually not any harm inflicted on the occupants.
3: Was this a robbery gone deadly? Or something much more
4: sinister? We had to look at every possibility. Was this someone that had something against Mr. Che and was out for revenge?
6: Were these people sent there to send a message to Mr. Che? Had Mr. Che been involved in something that caused someone to be angry that they came there to make a point.
3: This could explain why such force was used against the victim. Police question all of Robert Che's family, friends, and business associates.
6: Based on interviews, Mr. Che was an upstanding man in the community. He was a hard worker. The neighbors got along with him. He was a genuinely nice person.
4: We did not establish any bad blood that anyone had against Mr. Che.
3: It's a dead end. And two weeks after the home invasion, police are no closer to finding the men responsible or determining why the Ches were attacked in the first place. It's this uncertainty that frightens surviving family members out of their once happy home.
5: We didn't know what to do. We didn't know whether we should go back to the whole... Uh, Whose home should we go to? Is it going to happen again? Who are they targeting? Is it the money they wanted? These
3: are all good questions. And neighboring Philadelphia investigators might have an answer. There's been a string of burglaries targeting Asian businessmen around the Philadelphia
6: area. The crimes against the Asians were primarily home invasion robberies. The criminals will watch the store. They will watch the actions of the owners and they will attempt to follow the owners to their homes.
3: It all sounds eerily familiar, almost too
4: familiar. Was this part of a group of individuals that was attacking Asian business owners?
3: Get more Nightmare Next Door online at investigation.discovery.com. Like many other Korean-Americans in the Philadelphia area, Special Victims Prosecutor Pearl Kim is proud to call herself a United States citizen. But
9: she also embraces her heritage. People are proud to be Korean-Americans. There is a collective sense of pride amongst a very small minority that has worked very hard um, coming to the United States and trying to establish themselves here.
3: And that's why she takes it very, very personally, when a group of thugs begins targeting these hardworking Asian-Americans.
9: Back in 2008, we noticed a spree of crimes against Asian-American business owners, uh, totaling about 15 or so in the span of two months.
3: These attacks are terrifying this tight-knit community.
9: These criminals were following people from their place of business uh, to their homes, and committing home invasions the businesses range from restaurants to grocery stores to dry cleaners and possibly a beauty supply store initially when we heard about the che homicide uh, we did suspect that they were connected we had seen a pattern happening in 2008 and it was very close in the timeline
3: but why asian americans what makes them targets unfortunately Pearl Kim and police believe they know the answer.
9: The criminals uh, have specifically targeted the Asian-American race based on stereotypes. Um, They believe that Asian-Americans were more likely to carry cash, more likely to have cash in their home, and less likely to notify police.
6: There's an assumption that people who take large sums of money then become easy targets.
3: Investigators must consider that the Che home invasion and subsequent murder is just another hit in this crime spree.
6: We went to the police departments who were actively investigating them and asked to review their files. We wanted to see if they were close enough to produce suspects for us.
3: On the surface, these home invasions and the Che case appear to have a similar MO. But soon, detectives note some subtle but significant differences. Differences that lead investigators to believe the Che case is not connected.
6: The crimes against the Asians were typically point a gun, take money, and other valuable items, and leave.
3: Not duct tape an entire family and beat an unarmed man to death.
6: We did not find any other indications that anyone had been killed during a home invasion robbery.
3: But the biggest difference is also the most troubling. In the crimes against the other Asian business owners, the perps all wore masks. But this is not the case with the Che attack.
6: The people who committed the crimes within the Che home did not wear facial coverings.
3: Why weren't the killers in the Che case worried about hiding
6: their identity? And that was something that perplexed us. Why were they not covered up? Were they going to kill everyone in the home and leave no witnesses to tell?
3: Janice Che's heroic actions may have just saved the rest of her family. This revelation adds a new sense of
4: urgency. We were concerned with the safety of the family.
6: There was always the chance that there could be a reprisal.
3: And police can't take any chances with the Che's lives at stake.
6: We had the Montgomery Township Police maintain a surveillance on the chase to prevent any other occurrences.
5: Even though I was with my family, I, just, I still didn't feel safe. I was on a high alert. I, I was just very uh, anxious of what's going on and, you know, always on my toes.
3: And it's not just the three men who entered the Che home that police are worried about.
6: The Che family indicated that during the course of the robbery, individuals were communicating with other persons by cell phone.
5: I recall one of them being on the phone saying things like, just wait a minute, wait a minute. They don't have anything, they don't have any money. That's all they got.
6: This told us that there were probably people on the outside of the home that were participating in a crime as lookouts. And or participants that, if necessary, would come into the home.
3: How many? Investigators can't be sure. But these cell phone calls between the men may be the break that police have been looking for.
4: Anytime a cell phone is used, it goes off of a tower. Typically, it is going to go off of the tower that is in closest proximity to the location that you're in.
6: We decided to look at the cell phone traffic on the cell phone towers that were closest to the Che residence.
3: Police quickly obtained a subpoena to see what calls were hitting the cell phone tower closest to the Che home during the time of the attack.
6: We analyzed the phone numbers. We started to notice a pattern of one number calling other numbers.
4: We were able to establish that at least three phones were contacting each other during the time period that we were looking at.
3: After three weeks of carefully examining these phone records, police may now have the phone numbers of at least three people involved. But it's still far from solving anything. The perps used untraceable prepaid cell phones.
6: Criminals will buy prepaid phones because it is their belief that it will be difficult for law enforcement to track activities based on their usage.
3: Which is true, to a point. Investigators can't trace the numbers back to a name, but they can look to see what other numbers these prepaid cell phones have been calling. And that's when they hit pay
4: dirt. During the analysis, one of our detectives established that one of these prepaid phones was used to contact an individual with an Asian last name. That sent a red flag up.
3: The Asian man's name is Angelo Shin. Uh,
4: This is Angelo Shin.
3: He's a 25-year-old with a minor criminal record.
6: Angelo Shin had one prior arrest. It was a narcotics violation.
3: Police know he's not one of the men who entered the Che's home, but he still could be involved. And what they discover next changes the entire course of the investigation. Angelo
4: Shin, he was the nephew of the victim.
3: Blood is thicker than water. It's an old saying that's meaning is simple. Family sticks together. They support and protect one another which is a lesson 58-year-old Robert Che tried to instill in his children. So when the Che's nephew, Angelo Shin, needed a place to stay while his parents were in Korea, the family welcomed him with open arms.
5: Angelo stayed with us when he was in high school, and Angelo was like a brother to me ever since then.
3: And he was like a second son to both Robert and Janice Che. During the year and a half, Angelo lived in the Gwenmont home.
5: My father and my mother were acting as a parent to him because his parents weren't in the U.S. at the time.
3: Investigators believe this seemingly noble gesture by the Che family may have been their undoing.
4: One of the considerations was this was an inside job. And when the detective figured out that that phone had called the nephew of the victim, we knew that that was an important link. This was the phone that linked up to calls that were being made during the time of the home invasion. It can't be a coincidence.
6: Angelo Shin had intimate knowledge of everything that the Chays did.
3: Knowledge that the Che family had a safe full of money, and what time his aunt and uncle left for work every morning.
6: This was the ultimate act of betrayal that one could have for a family
3: and a bad situation is about to get worse. When investigators learn the surviving Che family members have taken refuge with the Shin family for the last several weeks. After
5: what happened, Angelo invited our family into his home. He kept saying, just come over to our house and stay at our house.
3: They opened their doors to us. Perhaps there's an ulterior motive behind this invitation.
6: Angelona's family accepted his aunt and cousins into the home. And it's our belief that part of that reason was to draw attention away from him as a participant in the crime.
4: One of the people that was responsible for Robert Che's death was now watching the other three victims.
3: The Che's could be in grave danger. Police will have to get the surviving family members out of the house without setting off any suspicion.
6: I made a telephone call to Richard and Mina Che and asked if they knew where Angelo was. And they told me that they happened to be with him.
3: Santarelli calmly asks Richard and Mina to bring their cousin to the station for some routine questioning.
5: We went to the police department, and he said, what are we doing here? And we told him, well, the police detective wants to ask us for questioning.
6: When they arrived at the police station, we took Angelo to one room and we put Mina and Richard in separate rooms.
3: Not knowing why their cousin is being questioned, police have to break the news gently to both Richard and Mina Che.
5: One of the detectives came in and said that, I don't know how you feel about this, but we believe that Angelo should, he was part of your father's murder.
3: This bombshell revelation is hard for Richard Che to process.
5: It's like I got hit with the bat twice. I I didn't know what to say. I, I still don't know what to say. Why would he do this to us? Why would he even take us in? And then I was doubting maybe they got the wrong person.
3: But police are pretty sure they've got the right guy. Even when at first, Angelo plays the role of a concerned relative.
6: The initial statement that Angelo gave to detectives, he told us that he would help us in any way that he could
3: help them until the questions shift to some of Angelo's recent phone conversations.
4: He had indicated that he had not had contact uh, with anyone involved in this crime, and we could disprove that through the phone records.
3: Clearly, Angelo is not being honest with police. It's not enough to charge him with a murder, but they're not about to let him walk either.
4: So we had to make a determination at that point on whether we had Enough to arrest him for giving false information to the police.
3: Investigators roll the dice and arrest Angelo Shin for false statements. The gamble works. After 24 hours in the slammer, the victim's nephew says he's ready to talk.
4: Angelo Shin had gone from trying to cover up a crime to knowing the jig was up.
3: And once Shin starts talking, he doesn't stop.
4: He had indicated that he had been bragging to an individual he identified as Tree Man about how much money his uncle had in his house.
3: Tree Man is a 23-year-old Philadelphian native whose real name is Joseph Page. The two men immediately strike up a friendship, a friendship that's about to turn deadly.
6: Tree Man told Angelo Shin that one of his specialties were home invasion robberies.
3: It doesn't take long before an idea is hatched.
6: After those initial discussions, a plan was formulated to rob Robert Che in his home.
3: Joseph Page recruits two other men, Amitadi Latham and Kyrie Pitts, to execute the robbery itself. And three more people, Robert Eatman... Julius Wise and Sybil White to act as getaway drivers and the planning crew. The group of would-be burglars meet before the crime to go over the plan.
6: Angelo supplied information about the routine of his aunt and uncle and where in the home the money was stored.
4: Angelo also saw a number of things at those meetings, such as uh, the materials that they were getting together to go and commit the crime.
3: These materials include duct tape, guns, and knives.
4: Angelo Shin indicated that no one was supposed to be harmed. However, when people show up with guns and restraints and duct tape, it's clear that they're going for a violent purpose.
3: Angelo left the meeting, knowing the wheels were in motion.
4: He knew the dangerousness of this situation... And he did nothing to stop it.
3: Angelo learns of his uncle's fate shortly after the crime. When Joseph Page calls him, angry there wasn't more cash in the family's safe.
4: Angelo said, why did you do what you did? Uh, why did you kill him? And uh, Joseph Page said, I had to do what I had to do.
3: In the end, the money taken from the Chay's home is divided up between the seven people involved.
4: $2,000 was Angelo Shin's cut of the proceeds. To realize that Angelo Shin became a traitor to his family for $2,000 is unimaginable.
6: Investigators now have what they need. Angelo Shin was arrested following his confession. We had warrants issued for the remaining participants.
4: In the investigation at that point, it was similar to dominoes beginning to fall.
3: And those dominoes include DNA tests that match two of the seven arrested.
6: The DNA profile that was supplied by Joseph Page matched the DNA profile that was found on the inside of the glove. And the DNA profile of Amitati Latham matched the profile of the duct tape.
3: Police now know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Joseph Page and Amitadi Latham are responsible for the murder of Robert Che. In September of 2009, Angelo Shin pleads guilty to third-degree murder for his role in planning the crime. He is sentenced to 20 to 40 years in prison. For Richard Che, his cousin's involvement is still hard to come to terms with.
5: He was at my father's funeral, you know, and, and I just... I don't know anybody that could actually think of something like that. It's just heinous. I I don't know. I can't put it in words. It chokes me sometimes.
3: Joseph Page and Amitadi Latham, whose DNA was found at the scene, take their chances in court and are found guilty of second-degree murder. Julius Wise, Robert Eatman, and Sybil White plead guilty to third-degree murder for their involvement in the crime. Kyrie Pitts, the alleged third man in the house, goes to trial in January of 2010. But without DNA evidence or a solid ID from the family members, he's found not guilty.
4: One individual uh, was acquitted uh, for his involvement. But in the end, we're very confident that we got to the two individuals that were responsible for the killing.
3: Angelo Shin still hasn't really said why he did what he did. But Richard Che believes his cousin just got involved with a bad crowd.
5: He was just playing around with the wrong people. A bad influence can change a person, you know, drastically. What kind of friends you commingle with and what kind of people you hang out with can, you know, change your future of where, you know, where you're headed.
3: For Mayor Doug Ross and the residents of North Wales, well, they can finally let out a sigh of relief. But they're still holding their breath a little more these days.
7: I think there is a lasting effect in the community that, you know, we we aren't in some isolated haven where crime doesn't happen, It can happen. I think... It makes everybody take, uh, take a pause and, and take stock of uh, who you're, you're saying what to and, and who's coming into your neighborhood.
1: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra.